Well, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ricky. Praise team for leading us in that time of worship. Let me just say again, good morning, church. Good morning. It's so good to see each and every one of you that's here in this building this morning. It's also great to have many who are watching online. I just want to say thank you to many of you who are here this morning because you are our volunteers who's helping us figure out what the next few weeks might look like. I just want to say thank you for serving the bride of Christ. Your Savior is pleased, and he'll just continue to lead and guide us. If you'll take your copy of God's Word and look in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, again reading in verse 8 in just a moment. This morning what I'd like for us to do is just consider what faith looks like while waiting. Faith while waiting. Hebrews chapter 11, again reading in verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as, offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of the sand along the seashore. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I ask that as we dig into your word this morning that you indeed would teach us what true, genuine, saving faith looks like. Lord, reveal to us what biblical faith looks like even in the midst of waiting. Teach us as your people how to be obedient servants, being willing to go wherever it is that you call us to go, being willing to do whatever it is that you call us to do. Lord, help us to be a people who are fully surrendered to you and at the same time confident in you, in your provision, and in your direction. Use our lives for your glory. And we give them to you this day. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord. Amen. We've been walking through the book of Hebrews for the past few Sundays. Pastor Jamie really helped introduce this study to you. I want to back up and just ask a few basic questions as we begin to consider what faith in waiting looks like. The question that I want to present to you this morning first is, what is faith? What exactly is faith? Graduates, especially for you right now, as you prepare to, to go wherever it is that God's calling you to go, and many of you are going to find some freedom in some ways that maybe you've never experienced before, as you begin to go and, and separate and scatter in places that God is, is directing you, you need to ask yourself this question, what is faith? If you go back to verse 1, here in Hebrews chapter 11, we've kind of seen it before. Pastor Jamie showed us just two weeks ago. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. We've understood that biblical faith, it's, it's not some vague hope that's, that's grounded in wishful thinking. 
Biblical, biblical faith is, is not just a hope that something may or may not happen. Biblical faith is, is a settled confidence. It's a certainty knowing that something in the future, though it may not be seen now, we know that it will take place because it's promised by God, and He is a God who always fulfills His promises. It's not some blind wishful thinking. I guess another way to say it, true biblical faith is, is not a blind leap in the dark. It's not some small or giant leap for mankind. Biblical faith is not just a leap. Biblical faith is a confident trust. Biblical faith is a confident certainty in our wise, infinitely wise, all-powerful and trustworthy God. That's what biblical faith is. We know as we've been studying the scriptures, and many of you, especially as graduates, you've been raised up in this church right here. You know what faith is. You've experienced it. You, you trust and, and, you, and you live for the glory of God. So the next question I have for you is the one that applies directly to this text right here. You know what faith is. You know what true biblical faith is. But, but let me ask you this question. How is your faith doing? How, can, how is your faith doing as you wait on the promises of God? Look, I'm not picking just on you graduates. That, that's a question that every one of us as believers should ask ourselves on a regular basis. How is our faith being measured up? How is our faith being sustained? How are we living for the glory of God right now, even though at times it seems as if the promises of God are being put off. They're delayed. They're not yet received. How was our faith in the midst of waiting? Warren Wearsby, a very popular pastor and Bible teacher, once said, true faith is able to wait for the fulfillment of God's promises and God's purposes in God's time. Listen again. True I like to say it this way, true biblical faith is able to wait for the fulfillment of God's promises and the fulfillment of God's purposes in God's time. True biblical faith is a faith that, that yes, even while we're waiting, is also a faith that's still obedient. True biblical faith is a faith that even while we wait, is a faith that's revealed through obedience. We see that in this lesson here in Hebrews chapter 11 as we begin to think about Abraham and his wife Sarah and their faithfulness. Can I, can I just go ahead and tell you right now that I know Pastor Jamie has pointed this out and as we continue to think about Hebrews chapter 11, we consider these heroes of the faith. But ultimately, these are people who are heroes of the faith because they placed all their faith in a faithful God. Every one of these heroes of the faith were men and women who were made of flesh and who were sinful and, and oftentimes, in many instances, were disobedient in their own life. They had their shortcomings. They had their failures. Yet they placed their confident faith in a faithful God. God moved in their lives in a powerful way. You want God to move in your life in a powerful way? Don't think you have to be perfect. 
because none of these heroes of the faith were perfect. He's the perfect one, and he'll use you as he sees fit. The question is, will you and I be obedient through our faithfulness? We see this in the story of Abraham here. True biblical faith should lead us really to two truths in this text. True biblical faith should first off lead you to, number one, obey when you don't see the way. True biblical faith should always lead you, graduates, should always lead you, church. True biblical faith should always lead us to obey even when we don't clearly see the way. See this in verses 8 through 10. I won't read it again. Just summarize it. Abraham obeyed when, when he did not know exactly where he was going. You see, if you go back to Genesis chapter, all the way back to Genesis 11 and 17, and you just keep reading through the first part of the book of Genesis, you see this, this story right here unfold. Abraham had, had received a call for, to follow God, which, which he accepted without question. Basically, that's what the, the author of Hebrews says here, that, that he was called by God and he just stepped out in obedience. He left his home in Haran and he left simply by faith in Genesis chapter 11. And he let God be the one to lead him, even though he didn't know where he was going. Even though he didn't immediately receive the, the, the location of the promised land. Abraham was called by God and he left all that he knew. He left all that he was comfortable with. He left his home and just simply said, Okay, God, even though I don't see the way, I'm going wherever it is that you send me. That's the interesting thing about faith. Hear me, if you're taking notes, just write this down. Faith rarely sees the end at the beginning. Faith rarely sees the end at the beginning. One might argue faith never sees the end at the beginning. God, God calls us. God leads us. God, God moves us. And, and even though we can't see the way, we step out in faithful obedience. Faith always trusts in the promises of God, even when it looks as if they won't be fulfilled. We just simply have to cast ourselves entirely upon God and believe that he will give us exactly what he promises. Not so that you and I can revel in, in the blessings of the Lord, but as he continues to bless and, and, and move in our lives, that we use it for his glory, proclaiming his name. See, God is faithful to call and lead and to to move and to send us and to shape us and to mold us and make us in ways that ultimately bring glory to him. Not so that we can receive a pat on the back. We see this really, look at verse 9. It tells us here in verse 9 that when Abraham arrived in the land, he didn't take immediate possession of the land, did he? Now understand, you might be tempted here to think that God's promises wasn't true. God said, Abraham, get up, take your family, leave your home, go to this place that I'm sending you, and I'm going to give you that land one day. Well, when Abraham obeys, he steps into the promised land, and guess what? God doesn't give it to him. God, God didn't say, okay, Abraham, this is your land now. The author of Hebrews here really wrestles with this truth. 
that Abraham lived in the land promised by God, yet it wasn't necessarily his. He was a sojourner. He was a foreigner. He was an exile. It, it, it goes beyond just Abraham. It goes to his son and his grandson, the same co-heirs of this promise from God. This one, Isaac and Jacob, they didn't possess the land during their lifetime. Just like their father, just like the grandfather, they lived as exiles traveling from place to place in the land. Yet even though the promise was not realized in their lifetime, hear me, they still clung to the promise in faith. How was it? How was it then? How is it now? How, how in the world could Abraham keep trusting God when the promised land wasn't immediate realized? How, how in the world could Abraham leave all that he knew his home and go to this place that God had promised, even though he knew exactly where he was going? And then when he arrived, God didn't immediately give it to him, nor his son or his grandson. It didn't immediately become their possession. How in the world could they remain confident and faithful before God? Verse 10, I believe, tells us. Look at it. For he was looking forward to the city that, was, that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. You see, Abraham, his son, and his grandson, they anticipated something in the future, something that was much greater than even this earthly promised land. He, he looked forward to the coming day of, of entering into a city, the Bible here says, that, was, that has foundations built by God. That word literally means that was unshakable. They knew that even though that God had promised this land on this earth, that there was something greater that far outweighed a promised land on this soil. They were looking to the promise of a city of God, a kingdom of God, a heavenly city. See, I really believe that the, the secret of Abraham's patient waiting, the, the true secret of his patient waiting was that, was that he could step out in faith even when he didn't know where he was going. God said, go. And Abraham didn't ask 101 questions. I, I know how that is as a father with five children in the home. Daddy can say, go, do this. I filled 101 questions. Why? What? Where? What? But, but that, what? Uh, it just, that's our tendency, isn't it? Our tendency is to hesitate, to delay, to, to get all of the information, to make sure that, that everything we see before us makes perfect sense. And better yet, that everything that is laid before us is what we choose to do for ourselves. But Abraham, he had this amazing faith and, and confidence in God so that when God said, Abraham, go, he didn't say, where, where, God? God just said, go. And Abraham said, okay, I'm on my way. I, I don't know where that is, but I'm, I'm going, God. No one questions the faithfulness of Abraham today. Well, can you imagine what it was like amongst his contemporaries 
hey, Abraham, I want you to go. All right, God, I'm going. Hey, neighbor, guess what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving my home, leaving everything that I know to be, to be certain. I'm packing up and we're leaving. Well, that's good, Abraham. Where are you going? I don't know. What? Well, that's foolish. You mean you don't have another job lined up? You mean you don't know where you're going to live? You mean you're actually packing up tents because you know that maybe for years you're going to live in a tent? What, what in the world? Abraham, are you, are you stupid? Are you foolish? Abraham says, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going because God is moving me. An amazing faith. Graduates, do you care what others think of your faith? Do you let others' thoughts of you and what God is doing in life, do you let that move you and shape you? I was 14 years old when I first felt God call me into the ministry. And let me just be honest, I, I, I didn't know what exactly that looked like. But very soon as I made that public profession before the church, a lot of my friends began to call me preacher boy, preacher. And even my coaches, baseball, football, they called me preacher boy. So eventually I said, okay, God, I'll be anything but a preacher. I know you're calling me the ministry, God. It's clear you've placed that call in my life, and, and, and I'll go wherever it is, but, but, uh, but God, I, as, long as, it, as long as it fits what I feel is right for me. Can I just say, I'm not holding myself up as the example of faith. That's clear, right? I cared too much about what others thought. I cared too much about what others felt. I cared more about what the world says. Abraham, he had this amazing ability to say, I don't know where it is that you're sending me, God, but I will go because I'm certain that you will make it clear. You see, true, obedient faith, biblical faith should lead us to go even when, it, when we don't know exactly as that God is going to lead. We don't know where, what way we're going. Here's the second truth. True biblical faith should lead you to obey when you don't know God's will. True obedient faith should lead us to step out of obedience when we don't know the way, but true obedient faith also should lead us to to obey when we don't even know God's will. You pick up in verse 11 and 12. I won't read it for the sake of time. Abraham obeyed when, when he didn't know how God's will would be accomplished. One of, one of Abraham's greatest demonstrations of faith, one, one of the, main, the things that just blows me away, came whenever he trusted in God's promise that, that God would give him an heir. Now, you got to understand, according to the biblical text in Genesis 17 and 21, that Abraham was 100 years old at the time. His wife, Sarah, was 90 years old. In fact, whenever it was revealed to Sarah that she would conceive an heir, what does the Bible tell us she did? She laughed. And ultimately, that's even how she named her son, Laughter. God promised that he would give them, the, Abraham and Sarah, an heir at the ages of 190 years old. The, the author of Hebrews here, he even wrestles with how humorous that is. Look at verse 12. He says, therefore, from one man, listen, in fact, from one as good as dead. He was so old, he had one foot in the grave. His wife, she had the other foot in the grave. 
These people were old. The, 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 the author here is wrestling with this. It's, it sounds crazy. They, they were promised to conceive an heir at the age of 190 years old. That's absolutely nuts. Yet they were confident. They were confident. And even though Sarah laughed for a moment, she eventually turned her heart towards God, knowing that he was faithful to fulfill his promise. Even though she didn't understand God's will, she gave, her, gave him his, her life. Abraham and Sarah, they just said, okay, God, we, we don't see it and, and it, and it sounds crazy to us, but, but God, we're, we're giving you our lives. Show us your way and show us your will. It's an interesting fact about faith. That we should never grow weary in our faith. We should never grow weary in our biblical faith. Because in this story, we're reminded that God always fulfills his promises, but but he often does it in ways that, that just we don't expect. He does it in times that we don't expect. He, he does it in places that we don't expect. You see, Abraham had already had a child, actually. In Genesis 17, we see that Abraham had fathered a child through the, the handservant, the maidservant to his wife, thinking that at 90 years old she'd never be able to have a child, so I'll give my husband my servant who will then he can father a child through that. And Abraham thought that this would be his heir, but then God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your plans are not my plans. The way you set this up was not the way I designed it. I'm going to give you a child in the way that I desire. And they stepped out in faith. We see that they were unfaithful at once. But then they turned their eyes towards God. And at the end of the day, they believed God could and would do exactly what he promised. So I told you a moment ago that I was 14 whenever I trusted or whenever I made a, a profession or accepted a call to ministry. Eight years old when I trusted in Christ, but 14 when I felt God called me to ministry. I made that public, began to, not in a bad way, but just as I said, be called preacher boy. So I made a deal with God. I'll be anything that you want me to be but a preacher. In fact, I just knew that God was going to send me to the mission field. And as I made that known to the church, you know, everybody's like, hey, that's great. Give me a pat on the back. That's, that's wonderful, right? I mean, who would be in the church would be against someone surrendering their life to the mission field? I chose to go to Auburn University. There's no, no other Auburn fans out there. That's all right. God led me to go to Auburn University thinking at the moment that I would major in civil engineering and then I would use that civil engineering degree to then go to seminary and, and become what we call in the mission work a, a tent maker. I even had the location chosen. I was going to go to India. I was going to use the civil engineering degree to work on waterwork systems and then be a church planter, right, to, to plant the, the church and, and using a platform that God would give me to, to do his work. That sounds good. I think. Many of the people in the church said, that sounds good. But it wasn't God's direction for my life. And I wrestled with it. There were times I ran from it. I, I fought with the Lord. And, and eventually God made it very clear what his call on my life was. To the point that when my wife and I married, we came here to seminary. And I'll be honest, we, we didn't want to come to New Orleans to seminary. 
We looked at other schools, but God clearly led us here. And, and then God, God used us in, in an incredible way. And, and God blessed in our lives in some, in some amazing ways. But then when we graduated, we left here thinking we'd never return. To be honest, perfectly okay not to come back to New Orleans. It's not my plan. Not what I see for myself in my life. But God continued to move and to, to shape and to mold and to make. Eventually, God brought us back here. He's given me and our family an opportunity to teach and to lead and to mentor, to shepherd and to guide in some incredible ways. We've grown to love a city that, I'm going to be honest with you, that we once feared. God has, has planted us here, and, and, it's, and it's crazy to see that, that what I thought would be God's direction for my life was really not his way and not his will. But when my wife and I prayed this prayer, God, will give you our lives. We'll give you our lives. We'll go wherever it is you tell us to go. We'll do whatever it is you tell us to do. God, here's our lives. Here's our, you have this idea of a blank check. God, my life is a blank check. You fill it out. You use me for your glory. God has been faithful to, to move and to mold and to shape and to make. And can I be honest? God's still doing that in my life. There's times that my faith wanes. There's times that I doubt. There's times that I fear. There's times that seem to be unclear. But I know my God is faithful. So I have a question for you. A question for you. Graduates, believer, how does your faith help you obey when you don't see the way? How does your faith help you obey even if you don't clearly see the way? I guess another way to ask it is, Will you go wherever it is God calls you to go? Will you step out in faith and go where he leads you? When you get there, will you live your life for the glory of God, not to make a name for yourself, but just to simply say, God, my life is yours. Make yourself known through me. Will you go wherever it is that God calls you to go? Another question. How does your faith help you obey even when you don't see God's will? Better yet, another way to ask it, will you do whatever it is that God calls you to do? Hear me, there may not be anybody in this room right now who's called to full-time vocational ministry. Maybe so. That's awesome. Will you answer that call? Many of you, God may not be calling you that, but he, he's calling you somewhere. And he's calling you to do something else. Do you understand that what we need are more doctors on the field who love Jesus and help others do the same? We need more lawyers who love Jesus and serve him and his bride, the church, and help others do the same. We need more educators. We need more teachers. We need more politicians. We need more people who are welders. We need, we need people who, who are janitors. We, we need a whole lot of people. People who do whatever it is that God's called them to do and go wherever it is that God's called them to go and they, they do it for the glory of God. That's what we as God's people need. That's what he deserves. Will you do that for him and his glory? What it might mean 
is that you put your aspirations aside and just simply pray this prayer. God, I give you my life. I give you my life. Use me for your glory. Show me your way. Lead me in your will. But even if I don't see it, even if I don't know where that is, even if I don't know what it is that you call me to do, I'm going to obey you. Because that's my obedient faith. For some who might be here this morning or even joining by way of the internet, you say, you know what, I'd like to be able to do that, but, but I'm just wrestling in my life in general. I don't really know what this faith thing is all about. Well, Scripture is very clear. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes, whoever has faith, whoever fully trusts, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here this morning and you're watching online, you've never trusted in Jesus Christ. Today is the day for you to understand that there is hope for you, but that hope is only found through saving faith in Christ and Christ alone. Next verse goes on to tell us, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You know what God's will is? You want to know God's will? If you don't know Him, God's will is for you to trust in Him. God's will is for you to understand the truth of the gospel. That Jesus Christ came and lived a perfect life and yet was willing to die on the cross for your sins, was placed into a tomb, and three days later, praise God, He arose. He conquered sin on the cross. He conquered death by rising from the grave. And now he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And one of these days, he's coming again. That's the truth of the gospel. You can have faith in Christ. He can point you to his way. He can absolutely reveal to him, to you, his complete and perfect will. But you have to have faith in Christ and Christ alone. So I'm not ready. One more verse. Next verse, verse 18. Anyone who believes in me. Anyone, in other words, hear, hear what Jesus says. Anyone who has faith in me, anyone who has faith in me is not condemned. But anyone who does not have faith, anyone who does not believe is already condemned. Because he has not believed, he has not had faith in the name of the one and only Son of God. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, he's not obligated to point you to his way, where he wants you to go. He's not obligated to reveal to you a will outside of understanding the first will of God. But he wants to have a relationship with you. If you're hearing this this morning, you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, you say, I'm a sinner, I don't deserve it. You're right, we all are. None of us deserved it. But God desires to have a relationship with you. Will you trust in him today? I'm going to ask Pastor Ricky and the praise team to come. We're just going to sing just to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. We've got ministers who are online. You'll see in a moment just a word, an encouragement on the screen of how you can text and get more information about following the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. If you're, if you're listening by way of Internet this morning, if you listen to this later, and, and you want to know how you can follow Christ, just look at the prompts on the screen, and we'd love to be able to follow up with you. But if you're here this morning as a graduate, if you're here this morning as a believer who already knows Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, 
Will you surrender your life to him fully? Will you be willing to go wherever it is that God calls you to go? Will you be willing to do whatever it is that God calls you to do? Will you surrender to your life to him fully? Will your understanding of biblical faith lead you to obey? Obey even though you don't see the way. Even though you don't fully understand God's will. You don't see it right in front of you. Will you step out in faith? Surrender your life to be lived for the glory of God. That's what God desires of us. That's the picture of faith we see in Abraham. That if we would just simply yield him our lives, that he is a faithful God who will make his name great through the faithfulness of his people. Wherever it is that we go and doing whatever it is that he calls us to do. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I ask that as we enter this time of commitment, that Lord, you would speak to our hearts. Lord, do a work in us. Speak to these graduates. Speak to us as the church. Speak to us as your church gathered and the church scattered. Lord, speak right now to someone who might be listening and who's still wrestling with what it means to even have faith in Christ. Lord, speak to our hearts. Do a mighty work in us. And Lord, teach us, teach us how to be a faithful people, ultimately, so that you and only you might receive all the glory and honor and praise. Lord, we give you our lives. We give you our all. Use us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I'm going to give you.